0: This is Wednesday night worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecost Church, January the 22nd, 2020, with our senior pastor, Reverend Jerry Barbie. Just a moment, we'll start the Wednesday night worship service here at the Pine of Pentecost Church, just under two minutes, or three minutes, rather, just under three minutes. Stay with us.
1: tonight with prayer. If everybody would please stand tonight, we're going to open up in prayer. I want you to remember Wilbert Beasley. Uh, is, uh, Wilbert Massey. That's uh, Sister George Beasley's cousin.
2: Right?
1: Okay. I know it's Beasley, in there somewhere. Wilbert Massey, let's remember him in prayer. Also, Young lady from South Carolina that has reached out to us through Facebook. Uh, She's been watching our live stream, uh, watching services, and uh, she's recovering from open heart surgery. Uh, So we want to lift her up in prayer tonight. Ask the Lord to continue to touch and bless her. I know what she's going through with because of 2011. uh, I went through the same thing, four way bypass, so I know what she's facing. But God is good tonight. Again, that's Nancy Gardner from South Carolina also want to remember Sister Carolyn Edgerton tonight uh, the Lord will touch her she's been uh, going through some process with the doctors she's telling me she has to go to the doctor every day this week uh, so let's remember her in prayer she's much better that's good so let's continue to pray for her also Brother Paul Mitchell uh, is in the Rex Hospital uh, got word today that they uh, they put him on uh, the respirator so he's not doing too good at this time. So let's just pray God will give him strength and God will bless him. And uh, we appreciate you guys for praying. I've been having a little problem with the uh, phone tree uh, for the last couple of days. And Sister Cognigia, have been calling her. And she's been helping me out. And I appreciate that uh, to get the word out uh, of these people that need prayer. Because we know that prayer is the key, right? And we, we are so blessed tonight. We serve our prayer answering God. And we're just so thankful tonight for your praying. So do you have any spoken requests that you'd like to turn in my speaking out tonight? Anybody else? Okay. Okay. Let's remember this. Yeah, okay. Right. Anyone else? I'd like to give a little praise to one of those other doctors yesterday, myself, the A. I went in for an eye checkup. 40, and that's 2025 so you folks at the back I can see you a little bit better so, so I give the Lord praise for that uh, I got a little still got a little bleeding and stuff going on in there some stuff but she said she won't, didn't want to do anything as far as putting injections because there is a risk of the rectal splitting when she does that so she said we'll just hold off so I go back 10 weeks to see her and see what's going on with that. So I just give the Lord a praise for that today. I really do. Thank God for that. Amen. thank, you. thank, you. I want to thank Sister Kay that she has took me every
2: time that I can't
1: to go to chapel. Thank you so much to me because I could drive up there. There's no way. But I just thank her. I want to thank her husband for helping me. Amen. Praise the Lord. good. All right. Anyone else? <coughs> All I'm speaking with her for hands tonight. Let's take you to the throne room. Let's pray and ask God to have His way. Father in heaven, Master, we're just so thankful tonight. Lord, for every blessing. Lord, we just come before the throne of God tonight, Lord, with humble hearts. Thanking you, Lord, for... Master, for every blessing, Lord, of everyone that's testified tonight, of Father, how you have touched and how you've answered prayer and how you are working miracles in different people's lives. And God, we just give you thanks for that tonight. Father, on behalf of every prayer request that was spoken out tonight, God, uh, Lord, you know each and every one, Lord, by, because it was spoken out to you tonight, and Father, we just ask you to intervene, Lord, God, as you would minister the needs of all these individuals tonight, God, as uh, Father, that's in hospitals, and Father, that's home, the sick, Father, the one in South Carolina, next to Lord, who's recovering from open-heart surgery, we ask, Lord, to Touch her in a special way, God and Father. We thank you, Lord, for her tuning in and Father taking part in our services, Lord, even in South Carolina. I just pray, God, you're gonna bless Sister Pauline mean tonight, God. Ask Lord you to touch her and bless her, Lord and Father. the special request, Lord, tonight. We ask Lord you to intervene there, God, as you may have your way, God. And Father, we just thank you tonight, Father and Brother Paul Mitchell was in the hospital, Lord, in serious condition. Master, we know, Lord, that you can move and work miracles, Lord. Jairus told Jesus, he said, if you just speak the word, my daughter will be made whole. So, Father, speak the word tonight, God, throughout all these people. And, God, they will and shall be made whole tonight. And, Father, we give you praise and glory for the opportunity of being back here in the house of God tonight. <clears throat> Father, for we come to worship you the praise you and to glorify your holy name. Lord, we ask, Lord, for you to have your divine way, Lord, as everyone in the building. Lord, we just be obedient to the spirit of the Lord tonight. God, as you would use us for your divine glory. And God, we just thank you right now again, Lord. Father, I pray, God, for our country, our military personnel, Lord, and Father, who's out protecting us, Lord, and Father, keeping us free. Father, I pray for our government tonight, God. Father, that some way, somehow, God, they would allow the presence of God to get up in the midst of their mess, and God, you'd help us straighten out, Lord, what's going on, Lord. For what, Lord, we thank you, we love you, we praise you, Lord, and ask God again for thy blessings. Father, upon this service tonight, and thank you, Lord, for allowing us in your presence, and we give you the praise, the glory, of Christ's name. And everybody said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's start out singing He Abides.
3: I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the build way for the hand of God in all my life I see, and the reason of my bliss, yes. a the tree. Then I fell down at his feet, and there came a piece of sweet, now the comforter abides with The Comforter abides with me. Let's do it one more time. God will make a way when the sea sin-
1: will. I told Brother Thomas, I said, he will if we get out of his way. He'll make a way. Sometimes we hinder the Lord, amen? But I don't want to hinder God. I want God to do everything he wants to do with me in Jesus' name, amen? Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about take up thy cross. Take up thy cross. How many know Jesus said that? He said, take up thy cross. In Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through 38, Go further, Sister Jenny, than what I have. Mark eight thirty four through thirty eight. The Bible said, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, notice what Jesus said. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Key number one. You have to be denied. Let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. What did Jesus tell us to do? Whosoever will come out. Th- How many is going out for Jesus tonight? How many is denying yourself? Uh-huh. Well, before you can take your cross up, you're going to have to deny yourself. That's the first key. You have to. Amen. Verse 35. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. That's why you have to deny yourself. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Gain everything in this world, but yet lose your soul. You have nothing. Verse 37, Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Then Verse 38, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angel. Somebody say, God bless the reading of his word. Now, at first glance, at least two things stand out about Jesus in verse 34. First, there is the starting honesty of Jesus. We can never say that we're following Jesus under false pretense. Jesus never tries to bribe us by the offer of any easy life. If you thought when you received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that your life was going to be easy, you probably got a rude awakening. Now even though it's not easy, he's never left you alone. You have him with you to go through everything that you might face in this world. Every trial, every trouble, everything the devil brings your way. He's right there with you. How many know that's a benefit within itself right there? Amen? He also said he will put no more us than what we could bear. So Jesus is always with us. Jesus never tries to bribe us by offering him. To, and, and the honesty of great leaders has always been one of their great Characteristics. In the early days of World War II, when Winston Churchill took over the leadership of England, all that he offered his people was blood, sweat, and tears. That's all he had to offer. He said, "This is all I got. The only thing I can offer you is blood, sweat, and tears." During the siege of the Rome of Rome in 1849. Gar, 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 gar Ballad, Ballad, Balladie, the great Italian patriot made his famous proclamation he said soldiers all our efforts against superior forces have been unavailing I have nothing to offer you but hunger and thirst hardship and death but I call on all who love their country to join with me you see, Jesus never sought to lure man to him by the offer of an easy way. He came not to make, make life easy, but to make men great. Huh? He, didn't promise, he didn't promise an easy life, but I tell you this, through Jesus Christ, you can be made great tonight, amen? Then secondly, exactly. Jesus never calls upon men to do or face anything that he was not prepared to do or face himself. When I was in the military and the army, that's one of the first things they taught me. If if you're over over a group of men or or whatever you are, ladies or whoever they are, you don't never ask them to do anything that you're not willing to do yourself. That's what they taught us. They taught us that. In other words, if I was respectful if I had privates under me and privates with me and I was over that group and, and something needed to be done, I, I would never ask him to do something that I, wouldn't, be, that I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't want to do myself or wouldn't do myself because sometimes you would be put to the test. Amen? So Jesus never asked nobody to do anything that he won't prepare to face himself. Jesus was not the kind of leader who sat remote and played a, with the lives of men like expandable uh, palms. We, what he asked us to face, he has already faced. I mean, you'll never go through nothing in this life. Jesus Christ hasn't already gone through. Amen, never. Jesus has a right to call on us to take up a cross for he himself first bore one for you and me. Amen. That goes against the grain of what the world teaches, does it? You see, the world teaches us that success is measured by how much wealth we hold, by how convenient and easy life is for us. And anything that differs from that, anything that bo- that bothers us or becomes difficult, we should avoid. That's what the world teaches. Sadly, the modern church has adopted some of the same attributes or the attitude so, so churches are advertised as places offering all kinds of fringe benefits uh, to their members. And many people go shopping for the church that offers the most. It's like going to Walmart. Amen. Or which one is it? Target, you get more for your money? Is that who? I don't know which one said you get more for your money. Staples, I don't know. Staples says easy, got an easy button. If you don't believe it, ask Hillary Clinton. I mean, uh, let me get back over here. Life will not be easy sometimes. It's not gonna be hard all the time, amen? So people shop for churches like shopping in a grocery store. That's the way the world has conditioned us to think. We've been taught that everybody ought to cater to us and all our needs ought to be met and all our wants and desires ought to be taken care of. When that doesn't happen, then we become unhappy. So those folks that's looking for those churches that's got the the most to offer them uh, and it don't work out like they want it, what they do, they just jump up and they go find them another church somewhere, amen? God taught me something years and years ago. Son, you you don't join the church or you don't go to church, you don't come a part of the church uh, for the church to serve you. You come a part of the church so you can serve the church. I wish all church members understood that. And yet Jesus said, if anyone will come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. What in the world did he mean? What does it mean to take up or to bear a cross? What does it mean when someone says, I want to take up my cross and follow Jesus? You don't hear that too often teach us about cross bearing first of all let me tell you that cross bearing is always voluntary you volunteer to be a cross bearer to bear your cross first of all Jesus tells us that taking up our cross is something that we do voluntarily Jesus calls us and challenges us but it is our decision remember when you got saved Boy, y'all quiet tonight. You remember when you got saved, you were all excited, you were happy. You, you There's a lot of things you want to do for the Lord. That was your choice to do that. He, 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 did, he, didn't, he don't force us to do that. It's just something that, that's a desire on the inside of us that we want to do something for the, for the glory of God, for, for Jesus Christ, for all that he's done for you and I. So taking up our cross and following Jesus is always voluntary. I am afraid that generally we are pretty careless in the way that we talk about cross bearing. For example, after extensive testing, the doctor told me, I'm sorry, but you have diabetes and you'll have to deal with it for the rest of your life. That's what he told me. When they told me about my heart condition, they said it's something you'll deal with the rest of your life. said maybe maybe not well listen to me when they told me I had diabetes and I'll deal with it for the rest of my life now that may be a burden that I must bear but it is not a cross that I have to take that I've taken up for Jesus it's a difference it's a burden I'm going to bear it's a burden that I have but it's not a cross that I've taken up for Jesus so I can't I can't then tell others, uh, well, that's my cross to bear because I didn't volunteer for diabetes. Amen? As a matter of fact, you need to pray for a little bit because my A1C was up a little bit this time. It needs to come back down. So, you know, I didn't volunteer for diabetes. I didn't volunteer for the heart condition. I didn't volunteer for the eye condition that I have, but it's a result of the diabetes. Amen? So, now that I didn't volunteer for that then that's not the cross that I'm bearing tonight I'm not bearing the cross of diabetes I'm not bearing the cross of heart disease uh, that's, that's a burden that I have uh, that I might have to deal with uh, but thanks be to God uh, if I can keep my faith in him uh, and do what I'm supposed to do he's going to help me keep it under, under control that way I'll be able to live longer is that okay? or if a hurricane sweeps through Wilson tonight and destroys my home I can't call it a cross. I have, to, I have to bear because I didn't volunteer for a hurricane to come through toward they did to come through and destroy my house. I didn't volunteer for that. So it's not something that I chose to do for Jesus. It's a burden. It's not a cross. It's not, it's not uh, taking up my cross. Or if a loved one is torn from my arms and I go through the long days of trying to deal with grief and filling the empty uh, spots that are, that are there, that's not a cross. It's a burden. It may be a heavy burden, but it is not a cross uh, that we are bearing for Jesus Christ. If I'm going to bear a cross, that means that I am voluntarily taking up taking it up for Jesus. I'm going to enlist to offer myself in some way to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You understand the difference? When God called me to preach and I decided that that's what I would do because I wanted to be pleasing unto the Lord. In other words, I wanted to serve the Lord to the fullest extent. I didn't want to play around with God. I played around with him for a while and he still loved me, amen? When I volunteered to become a a preacher or a minister or a pastor, when I volunteer for that, I'm taking up my cross and I'm following Jesus. I'm gonna gonna get into that just a little bit. So that's, I volunteer, I've I've taken up my cross and 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 I'm going on for the Lord. I'm gonna do what I need to do for the glory of God. Cross bearing is an act of love. So cross-bearing is not an accident that happened to us or or something unavoidable that we must face. Cross-bearing is an act of love that we freely choose. Uh, It it is a task that we undertake, uh, a price that we pay out of love tonight. That's what cross-bearing is. For Jesus, it meant going to the cross to die because he loved us so much. He could do nothing else. He loved us just that much. It means reaching out to people who are unlovable and unlovely and who may never return love back to you. And yet, we are to keep on loving because that's what Jesus did. I'm glad Jesus kept on loving you. If you're like me, there are times in my life that Jesus didn't have to love me too much. Amen? Because there are times I didn't deny myself and I find myself now every once in a while having to back up and stop, whoa, you better deny yourself son, you're getting too far over there now it means not just loving people who love you back I love my wife tonight, she loves me I think no she loves me back she understands my annoying habits and for some reason she keeps on loving me, I love my children tonight and they love me back also But it is hard to love people who don't love you back. If you don't believe it, be a pastor. (laughs) Randy Jones, he's not in the building this. Randy Jones, come up to me. Oh, I was shaking hands at the back door. One Sunday morning. (laughs) Randy, I'm gonna tell on you. And he shook my hand and grabbed me and he hugged my neck. And when he hugged my neck, he took his other hand, put it in my back, <clears throat> done like that, and twisted it. I said, I understand, my brother. So from then on, for a good while, I hugged his neck. I'd done the same thing. And I'd pull up on He said, Brother, it's kind of bad. You know, people stab you in the back like that. I said, Yeah, I understand what you're doing. I understand what you said. And uh, he said, I'm not stabbing you in the back, I'm just messing with you. So But you'd be amazed at the people that look at you, smile, grin at you, and tell you how much they love you and all the time, they're cutting your throat and watch you bleed out. Brother Mike, I'm sure in your days of pastor you never saw none of that. Church folks <laughs> are some of the meanest folks in the world. Some of them, not all of them, some of them. I'm just being honest with you. If you don't believe it? that's my children. Some of the things they had to look at, some of the things they faced in the presence of church members that I've told my wife, get them two kids out of here, get them away from here. I don't, want them, I don't even want them experiencing what's going on right now. But they'll snatch your heart out, squeeze the blood out it, throw it down and stomp it right in front of you. Some of them will. Thank God there's nobody here at Pine Level like that. Except Brother Randy. He stabbed me a couple of times. No, Brother Randy, I love you today. We're just kidding around. But that's, that's an absolute fact. It's hard sometimes to love those people that don't love you back. But when you realize what Jesus did and you realize that if you're gonna go after Jesus, you're gonna have to deny yourself and do what he would do and do what he did and love them regardless of what they do say or, or anything. You still love them in the Lord. Amen. Yeah. So, but it's hard to love those folks. said It is hard to love people who live in a different world than we live. It's hard to love people who hate us. You ever had anybody just literally hate you? It's hard to love those folks. Can you imagine tonight how many people hated Jesus while he was hanging on the cross looking down on what they did to him? All them folks that literally hated the Lord and what they do. He said, Father, forgive them. What did he say? Father, forgive them. Why? They don't even know what they're doing. Forgive them because I I forgive them. Ain't that amazing? How many notice what Jesus wants us to do tonight? If you want to read a description, Sister Gina, I didn't have this down like I wanted. So it's Corinthians chapter 13. If you want to read a description of what it means to carry a cross, if you look with me over in the book of Corinthians chapter 13, First Corinthians chapter 13, I want you to listen as I begin reading in verse number four, and I want to change the word love and put the word cross bearer in its place. Charity suffereth long. And is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaulteth not itself. It is not puffed up. This is what it says in this in this particular way. A cross barrier is patient. A cross barrier is kind. A cross barrier does not envy. A cross barrier does not boast. A cross barrier is not arrogant or rude. A cross barrier is not self-seeking. A cross barrier is not easily angered. <laughs> I've seen some folks get mad at me. I mean, you got to control your temper. I'm getting butter at it, by the way. cross barrier is not easily angered, nor keeps records of wrongs. He does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. A cross-bearer always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That's what a cross does. Look at your neighbor and say, oh, "Are you a cross Now, that is what cross bearing means. It means taking the love of God to the very ends of the world. To touch the lives of people who are unlovable. It means denying and sacrificing, it means paying the price regardless of the hardships we must endure. So when God called me to preach, I took up the cross uh, and I'm following Him. Uh, why? Because I'm going after Him, uh, and that's what I understand. Uh, cross bearing means uh, taking up the love of God and, c- and carrying it to the very ends of the world. That's what I'm trying to do. Uh, to touch the lives of people who are unlovable. It means denying and sacrificing. Believe it or not, preachers sacrifice a whole lot a whole lot of the times. It means paying the price regardless of the hardships. Me and my wife have seen it. We've seen the lows, we've seen the highs, we've seen the middle, we've seen the lows, we've seen the highs, we've seen the little middle, we've seen, it, we've seen a lot of it all. When I left Johnson County in 1980, went over to Roland Rapids. It's Northampton County or somewhere there. Anyway, we went with absolutely nothing, but God helped us and God blessed us. But there were times that my wife was standing in the line to get peanut butter and cheese. And people would look at her and say, ain't you the preacher's wife? Because by her being the preacher's wife, you ain't got no business being in this cheese line yet. Had she not humbled herself down enough to get in that cheese line, there would have been times we wouldn't have had nothing to eat. So God does make a way where there seemed to be no way. <laughs> Amen. That time, being prayed with my daughter, and she looks out the window, and the folks from the, from the city are there out at the meter, getting ready to shut the lights off. She goes out, and says, "Please, don't cut my lights off." I'm about eight months pregnant. Please, don't do it. He said, "Honey, I ain't got no choice. If I don't, I lose my job." She had to flip the light bill back on the back of it. And said, "You need assistance. If you need help, call this number." So she calls the number. She goes in the house. She calls the number. And they tell her to will do something, they'll help her work with it. So she goes back out. She says, they said, he said, I know I just got the word. <clears throat> we don't have to cut your lights off right now. We're going to give you a little bit of grace spirit. Amen. So yeah, we've been there. And God be our witness. If I have to go back, I'll go back there. Now, I don't want to go. I misunderstand what I'm saying. I don't want to go back there. It's not what I want to do. But if that's the road that the Lord chooses for me, then that's the road that I'm going to take. I don't know if she'll go with me or not because it's been hard for the last 42 years sometimes. I'm praying she will go with me, but if that's what the Lord would have me to do, guess what I have to do? I have to deny myself, take up my cross, and follow him. But I'm not going to put that on me tonight because, you know, I believe that God's got more in store. In other words, God's not going to take us backwards. He's going to keep moving us forward for the glory of God. Is that all right? so that is what cross bearing means taking the love of God to all parts of the world cross bearing is hard and it is not hard or now it is not hard to understand that people have always had trouble with that cross bearing is hard whenever the message of the cross has been preached people have always objected to it now wait a minute that is a hard that is hard. I can't do that. That's the first thing you hear. Uh-uh. That's hard. I can't do that. Let me tell you something tonight. We must understand one thing, and that is that the cross you take up is not self-designed, but God designed. You see the difference? The cross you take up is not self denial That's the problem. People want to design their own cross. This is what I'm willing to do and I'm not willing to do this, but I'll do this and not this and that, but I'm willing to do that. I'm going to design my own cross and that's what I'm going to do. When you design your own cross, you're not going after Jesus, you're going after yourself because you haven't denied yourself. You see, we will take up the cross and follow Jesus if we get to design it. But folks, to follow Jesus fully is to do what he said uh, and that is to deny yourself first and then you can follow Jesus uh, to the fullest extent. If you would do that, I promise you tonight that Jesus, that, that in, that, that I promise you that in Jesus you will lack nothing. Nothing. You agree with that? We didn't have anything. But he made a way. The lack that I had, the lack I didn't have, he provided for me. Amen? Amen? Jesus talked about his impending death on the cross and his apostles balked at that. No, we don't want you to do that. They tried to keep him from going to Jerusalem. They said, we want you to die on the cross. You know what they did? They hid behind locked doors fearful of what might happen next. Jesus is gone. We're all by ourselves. We're all alone. What did he tell them before he left? He said, fellas, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, then the comfort cannot come. He said, I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to tarry there. And I'm going to go to the Father. Pray to Father, and the Father's gonna send you another comfort. You folks ain't got that other comfort. You don't know what the world you're missing tonight, amen? When he did die on the cross, they hid. A few years later, when Paul wrote about the cross in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22 through 24, he said, Jews demand miraculous signs, and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, foolishness to the Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, my friend. It's not foolishness or foolishness to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It's not foolishness to take up your cross and follow Him. It's the power and the wisdom of God tonight. That hasn't changed very much either. We can understand the Jews stumbling over the idea of their Messiah hanging on a cross. They were an oppressed people. They'd been oppressed by the Assyrians and Babylonians and Greeks and now by the Romans. But one thing kept them going through it all. Every night they came together in their family circles and read again God's promise of the Messiah. Couldn't see him. Couldn't believe it come together and still read about it. Fathers will tell their children what day the Messiah is coming to come and set us free. The Messiah will come on a prancing stallion. He will be a magnificent king. He will be a magnificent king with legions of soldiers behind him. Wearing beautiful uniforms and holding weapons of war. And they will rout out enemies and our enemies will bow before him and God's people will be in control. Somebody say amen to that right there. Hmm? They kept reading, they kept reading, those that believed. Then the Messiah came, but not as they expected, as I said. He came as an itinerant as uh, preacher from Nazareth. Some called him a madman we get upset because people call us preachers or something every once in a while. They called him a madman. His army was made up of 12 men. Come on, boys, we're going to conquer the world. 12 people. 13 counting Jesus. How many believe he had faith? With 12 people? 12. His army was 12. And look what him and that 12 did. Even right down to where you and I are sitting at right now on January the 22nd 2020 or 2020 tonight what those what his little army did then is still being exercised today 12 but they were expecting a whole lot more some called him his armys move 12 and instead of 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 a great military great military victories there was a crucifixion. Can you imagine? Instead of that great victory they were looking for, there was a crucifixion. There he is. He took up his cross. He did how I many know Jesus denied himself? He denied himself for you and I. Had he not denied himself, he said, look, I ain't going to this, Father. You you can do what you want to do. I'm not going to do this. You might as well just stop this mess, get it all out of the way, because I will not do this. These people don't care for me. They don't love me. Look what they're doing to me. I, I will not do this. I'm not going to do it. But thanks be unto God in the garden of Gethsemane, when he knelt down before the Lord, he said, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, Father, I'm willing to deny myself to accomplish what you want to accomplish. For what you brought me in this world to do, I'm willing to deny myself, and let's go ahead and get it done the way you want to do it. I'm just denying yourself tonight. Amen. You see, it wasn't what they expected, it wasn't what they wanted to hear, and neither do we. Jesus talked about bearing the cross, bothers us. Jesus' talk about uh, bearing the cross bothers us. Don't it? Think about it. As we lean back in our easy chair, hot coffee in our cup, and a loving companion by our side, rejoicing in our success, we hear him say, Take up your cross and follow me. Now, notice what it said we we'll lean back in an easy chair. Hot cup of coffee in one hand. Well, I don't drink coffee that much, so I guess I'd have some water in my hand. I don't drink tea no more. I don't drink nothing. I've been six years I've drank a drink. You believe that? Over six years. I ain't drunk tea in over a year. So I guess I'd have my water in my hand. A loving companion by my side. Rejoicing in all our success. And then we hear those words. Take up your cross and follow me. He says there are some lost sheep. And I need a shepherd to find them and bring them home again. Take up your cross and follow me. But we say, Lord, I don't want to hear or I don't want to bear that kind of cross. That's not what I want to do. I've worked hard and I really need more time for myself. That's what I want to do, Lord. Sunday morning comes and he says, I have a classroom of squirming juniors who need to hear the good news about Jesus. Take up your cross and follow me. But we say, not me, Lord. I don't want to carry that kind of cross. That's not for me. You see, Jesus is setting crosses all around us just waiting for us to pick one up. Someone says missionaries need money to carry the gospel through the uttermost parts of the world. And once again, we find ourselves wrestling with a cross. Over here are all the things that we want. And over there are the needs of a lost world and the words of Jesus come back to hone us. If you're going to come after me then deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. We hear those words. The idea of carrying a cross is a stumbling block and we keep falling or we keep falling over it. We keep stumbling over it. We keep stumbling over it. Then the Greeks the idea of a cross was foolishness. It was it it, it really was they were a civilization of philosophers. Plateau and Aristotle. If I said that right. They carefully thought, taught things through analyzing everything. Trying to come to a logical conclusion. But into their very logical world came the message of Jesus. That turned everything upside down. When Jesus said if you want Peace love your enemies that don't make no sense to them if you want success learn to sacrifice if you want to be a master learn to be a servant they listened to that and said that doesn't make any sense whatsoever that's just not logical it will never work that's what they said how many believe it'll work? But I wonder what kind of world it would be if we just had the courage to put into practice what Jesus taught. If we would turn the other cheek and go the second mile and really learn to love our enemies, I wonder what kind of world would be the result. You see, we're running around frantically piecing together our lives, trying to build homes and buy possessions. But one day, one day, poof! And it's all going to be gone. I was talking to a preacher today, and he said, Jim, i gonna tell you something. He said, all these worldly possessions we have, it's good to have them he said but you know what there's going to come a time that that's absolutely going to mean nothing nothing he looked at me this is what he said what I do for the Lord Jesus Christ that is only what's going to matter what I do for the Lord That's only what's going to matter. It ain't all the fine cars, all the fine houses, all the possessions, all this and all this and the other. And he's done well for himself. The Lord has blessed him abundantly. He said, but when all is said and done, none of that matters. What it boils down to is what have I done for the Lord Jesus Christ is the only thing that's going to matter one of these days. Nothing else, just him. Amen. So one day, it's gone. It's all going to be gone. It's going to burn up. It's going to disappear. And it's going to count for nothing. And the only thing that's going to last is that cross that we have carried for Jesus. That's the only thing that's going to matter is the cross that we carried for the Lord. So I'm finishing up in my conclusion tonight. Tonight we offer you a cross. Not a life of ease or a church that is perfect with all the solutions to your problems. We can't guarantee you success on your job. We can't promise that your marriage won't fail. We can't promise that you'll stop having problems at home. All we really have to offer is Jesus Christ and his cross. Will everybody please stand?
0: All we have to offer
1: is Jesus Christ and his cross. Can't promise you the life of ease. Can't promise you a perfect church. A church that all your solutions and your problems are solved. to offer you tonight is Jesus Christ and his cross. Will you tonight as we stand tonight together will you come deny yourself take up your cross and let's follow Jesus. If we'll deny ourselves number one and if we'll go after Jesus, and we'll take up that cross and follow Him, if all of us do that, every single one of us, I can promise you this: there'll be more peace, there'll be more love, there'll be more contentment, there'll be more service together. There'll be more fellowship with love, and there'll be more praying, one for another. I can promise you that, because if we all have denied ourselves and we've 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 taken up the cross to follow Jesus, then we're all doing the same thing. We're all headed in the same direction. We're all believing the same thing. We're all speaking the same thing. We're all seeing the same thing. Can I tell you this? What did Jesus say? He said, Father, he prayed a prayer. Father, I pray that my people be as one as you and I are one. How many believe God God and the Son are one? He said, Father, I pray that my people be one as you and I are one. That's God's desire. That's Jesus Christ's desire. That's the Holy Ghost's desire tonight. That we all be one in him. And the only way to do that is to see the same thing, believe the same thing, speak the same thing. Deny yourself. Take up the cross and follow Jesus. I mean, it will come tonight and just talk to the Lord. You see, when the Lord saved you, as I said earlier, he's put crosses all around you and he said just pick one just pick one when he said me he put crosses all around me didn't quite understand it all but then I began to understand he said deny yourself son take up the cross and follow me and then he picked he picked my particular cross that he wanted me to bear he picked it so the word of God tells me son I, you didn't choose me I chose you you didn't call me I called you I chose deny yourself take up the cross and follow me So, almost 42 years ago I took up the cross I've been following and trying to follow ever since because when all is said and done only that cross that I bear for Jesus, that's going to mean anything. Heavenly Father, tonight, Lord, I'm so thankful, Lord. So blessed tonight, God.
0: Thanks for tuning into this Wednesday night worship service here at the Pine Level. Church. Don't forget to join us on the app through the Google Play or the App Store. You can watch our services live or on demand anytime. Also, through Facebook, subscribe or like our channel on Facebook at Pine Level PHC. And get notifications when we go live and you can watch our services through Facebook as well as check up with what's going on with the church. Also, YouTube channels available. Subscribe to our page on YouTube. Select services are available. Search Pine Level PH Church. Don't forget to check out the um, podcast. The podcast is available through your favorite podcast provider and a quick link is on the website at org, and through the app so check that out if you can't watch us you can always listen to the podcast tune in again Sunday morning at 1030 for our next live worship service for everyone here at the Poundlittle Pentecostal News Church I'm Joey Perry God bless have a great week